This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. Night one of the NFL Combine is in the books, and man, what a night it was arguably the best positional group performance I have ever seen in all the years I've been watching the NFL Combine. And here we are going to break it down with an instant reaction podcast for what I just witnessed over the last six hours. Let's jump right into it and start with that positional group that stood out far and away. I said it on the preview show. I've said it all year. There's one skill position group that stands out above the rest in this year's draft class, and it is far and away the wide receiver group. And they did not disappoint at the combine. I'll share a few thoughts about the tight ends and the quarterbacks towards the end of the show, but the wide receivers are going to get a lot of the attention. And so many guys stood out that it's just easier to kind of almost go through down alphabetical order about the guys that really stood out. Calvin Austin, the, the short, Speedster from Memphis ran a 4-3-2 40-yard dash. After that, he didn't run a second 40. He blew up the jumps with a 39-inch vertical and 11-3 broad jump. This is a guy that Mel Kuyper has been saying for quite some time. He thinks he's going round two. I think now this is probably ticketed him for day two with this performance by Calvin Austin. Right after him, Kevin Austin at a Notre Dame. A guy that kind of flying under the radar, not on too many people's top 10s or top 15s, but he jumps a 39-inch vertical, 11-inch broad, and then he runs a 4-3-7 and a 4-4-3 for his 240-yard times. Looks like the official one was a 4-4-3, but that was a big-time performance by Kevin Austin Jr. David Bell was third up. He ran a 4-6-5 official 40-yard dash time. His jumps were were average at best. I'm not surprised by this. If anybody's been listening here at Saturday, Sunday, athleticism isn't David Bell's game. He reminded me a lot of Calvin Harmon when I watched him last summer. And I love Calvin Harmon because I love the ball skills and the body control. And I don't think anything David Bell did tonight changed my opinion on him because this is kind of what I expected him. He's an average level athlete. That's not his calling card. But the combine kind of matched up with the film data when we're talking about David Bell. Next guy I want to talk about is Traylon Burks. There was this misconception, I thought, over the last week or two that people started thinking that he was going to blow up the combine on like a DK Metcalf level. And I'm not sure what film they were watching. He's a good athlete. He's got great play strength, physicality, and toughness. But that's not his game. He's not a burner. And this he, he tested... You know, here at the combine, an official 40 yard dash time of 455. But that kind of matches who we thought. If I would have guessed before the day started, I probably would have said 450 to 455 is what I think I said at the combine. And those were actually his two unofficial times 450 and 455. So nothing he did. His jumps, he had a 33 inch vertical, 10 inch broad. The 10 2 on the broad is a good jump. The 33 on the vertical, surprise, it wasn't a little bit better than that. Jahan Dotson, one of the Flyers, one of the Speedsters, 
He ran a 4-4-1 and then a 4-4-7. The official came in at 4-4-3. He had good vertical and a good broad jump. So I think Jahad Dotson maybe was even a little disappointed in that 40 time. But I think he his on-field athletic scores kind of match what we saw. I thought maybe he could have cracked 4-4-0. He came came really close to it. Uh, I still think he's one of the elite playmakers in this class. Next guy I want to talk about is... Ty Freifogel at Indiana, he really surprised. I thought he was a very average athlete when I watched him on film. But he had a 39-inch vert, a 10-7 broad jump, and then his two 40-yard times were 4.55 and then 4.49. Still haven't gotten the official word yet, but a really strong performance from Freifogel. He's going to be a late-day repick, but nice to see him show unexpected top-level athleticism uh, for the position where we maybe didn't see that on film. Danny Gray, he burned the 40 with a 4-3-3, on the broad jump. uh, I mean, 10-6 on the broad jump. And then also uh, 36-34 on the vertical jump. Danny Gray's going to be a guy who goes on day three, but he's a speedster. And 4-3-3 is flying for Danny Gray. I thought he was going to maybe be a 4-4 guy, 4-4-4. He, he comes up with a 4.3, really impref- impressive performance by Danny Gray. They just kept coming. Uh, Velas Jones out of Tennessee, a guy who I think is going to be a vertical slot player, and you can use him a lot of different ways as an offensive weapon. He ran a 4.34, 4.32, and then his official was a 4.31. Absolutely blazing time. Thought he was going to be a 4.40 to 4.44 guy, and he flies. Uh, Drake London chose not to do anything there. A little disappointed. Still recovering from that injury. Thought he was going to perform. Uh, wanted to see some testing numbers for him. Bo Melton, an official 4-3-4-40 time with a 30-inch, 38-inch uh, vertical jump and a 10-1 broad jump. He tested out as an elite-level athlete. We already knew he was a good athlete. We already knew he had great change of direction and agility to be an offensive playmaker using a variety of ways. So this was a big performance by Bo Melton. I think he helped himself out. I think Beatrice Jones helped himself out. I think those guys are now ticketed probably for early day three, maybe, rather than late day three. Sky Moore was one of the big winners from the wide receiver group. Tested out a 4-3-9 and a 4-4-1 in his two unofficial 40 times. He had a good broad and good vertical jump. Daniel Jeremiah tweeted right after that 40 times, Sky Moore's not getting out of the second round. I know Dave Ruler is a big fan as well. Sky Moore helped himself with that 40-yard time uh, today. Chris Olave, one of the most stunning results of the day. We knew he was going to run fast. I thought he was going to run 4-3-7 to 4-4-0. He ran a 4.26 40-yard. You combine that with his smooth route running, his ball skills. I think you're looking at a guy who's now going to be locked into the top 20. I already had him ahead of Drake London on my rankings. I'm interested to see how many people move him ahead of some guys. A lot of people had him in that 5-6 range. I had him in at 3. I could see Chris Olave pushing into people's top 3, top 4s. Uh, I said he was part Will Fuller, part Terry McLaurin. Now the speed literally matches part Will Fuller even faster. We keep this going. So many guys talk about George Pickens, guy who I said if he was completely healthy, never had any injuries, he would have been in the conversation for wide receiver one. 
I think some people thought he was going to maybe run a four five zero. He runs a four four three and a four four unofficial forty yard times. That is flying for him at his size, at his frame. He's really going to help his draft stock. I think he's locked in now to the early to mid portion of round two. Alec Pierce has Cincinnati. He's been on Bruce Feldman's freak list for a couple of years. He jumped 40.5 on the vertical and then 10.9 on the broad. And then he followed that up by running a 4-3-3. He's going to be one of the most complete athletic profiles at the Combine. He's probably locked himself now in. He was, a, I think, I always thought it was an early day three. I think now he, he's easily going to push himself into the round three mix with that performance. Uh, Wendell Robinson, another burner. He ran a four three eight, had two solid jumps. He did what he needed to do. He looked really good in the on field drills as well. Justin Ross uh, chose not to partake at the combine. He'll wait to his uh, pro day. Khalil Shakir. I already talked about Chris Olave being one of the more surprising 40-yard times. Same thing with Khalil Shakir. He runs a 4-3-5 and a 4-4-0 40-yard times. We knew he was quick. We knew he was athletic. We did not know he had long speed. I thought it was above average to good at best, not great. And this now puts Shakir very much in the round three mix with his route running, with his reliability, and now that he has this athletic athletic profile as well you're going to see him move up draft boards taekwon thornton at a baylor we're still waiting on official 40 yard times but he ran a four two one unofficial time that would break john ross's all-time record at the combine i talked about him on twitter he's a vertical playmaker can stretch defenses he lived up to the building with that run Waiting to see if it holds. He also had a 36-5 uh, vert and a 10-10 broad. Another guy, Christian Watson. We knew he was going to test well, but I'm not sure anybody at 6-4-208 saw this man running a 4-2-8 and a 4-3-1, 40-yard dash time, 38.5 vert and an 11-4 broad. An elite, elite level athlete. We saw him. At the Senior Bowl, we knew he was going to test well out here. I don't think anybody expected this. I think he's pushed his way, similar to Sky Moore, into the into the lock round two conversation. Uh, and then last but not least at the wide receiver position, Garrett Wilson. I thought he was going to run like a 4-4-2, 4-4-3. He runs better than expected with a 4-3-7 in the 40-yard dash time, 34-inch. Uh, vert and a 10 3 broad. So, I mean, these wide receivers, I mean, the amount of guys that improve their draft stock, Sky Moore and Christian Watson lock into round two. Chris Olave probably locks into the top 20. George Pickin probably locks into the early to mid portion of round two. Alec Pierce locks himself in probably to the top 100 with the performance today. Guys like Velas Jones and Bo Melton raise their stock, maybe, or Danny Gray to early day three rather than a little bit later in day three. Up and down the board, Calvin Austin probably locks into round uh, three or somewhere on day two. Kevin Austin probably pushes his way up a little bit in early day three. So many big-time performances in the jumps and in the 40-yard times. A lot of these guys look good in the on-field drills as well. But the thing that really stood out were these timed, these timed athletic testing numbers were really, really impressive for these guys. I'm excited to still look 
at the full athletic profile when we get all the numbers, the shuttle and the pre cone and stuff like that. Obviously, none of that stuff has been released yet. Still waiting on official 40 times from the second group as well. If we kind of spin this over to the tight ends, which kind of got everything going today, really disappointed in the fact that a lot of the top tight ends chose not to run the 40-yard time. Besides Greg Dulcich, whose unofficial time was 4.61, but then his official time was 4.70. But he had good jumps. He tested out as a big-time athlete, which we kind of knew. It matched up. what Greg, How Greg Dulcich performed in the testing drills matched up with what we thought he was going to do based on his film eval. Charlie Collard didn't run the 40-yard time. Wanted to see him. I knew it was not going to be good. That's probably why I didn't run it. Isaiah likely surprised that he didn't run the 40-yard drill, uh, considering I thought he was going to be pretty good at it. He's an athletic guy. He can attack the seam. Isaiah likely chose not to run it. Trey McBride chose not to run it. The things that McBride did do, uh, he tested out just an average athlete, which I think is what he is, which is why I think the tight end room is up for grabs a little bit because I don't think McBride's the clear guy uh, based on his – Average athleticism. I think there's room for somebody else who could surprise. Maybe it's Dolchich. Maybe it's Ruckert. Maybe it's somebody else down the line. Uh, the best two performances, and I'll talk about Jeremy Ruckert didn't do anything here. Jalen Wademeyer didn't run the 40 yard. I think that was probably going to maybe hurt his draft stock even more. Uh, these All these guys, except Ruckert, Wademeyer, Kolar, McBride, and likely all did the on field workouts. I thought you saw McBride live up to the billing as a, as a reliable. Pass catcher, uh, very smooth in, in the gauntlet drill and stuff like that. But we didn't really get a chance. We knew that we were going to do that. So for me, it was really wanting to get some athletic testing numbers on these guys. So I was a little disappointed we didn't get a chance to see that. Uh, the two guys that probably were the biggest winners from the tight end group were Jelani Woods out of Virginia, who is six foot seven, two 253 pounds. He ran a 46140. Really impressive performance by Jelani Woods. He was a guy who was down at the Shrine Bowl. He was a lot of positive buzz about him down there, and he follows it up with his performance at the Combine. Really impressive job by Woods. I think you're going to see him move himself into that like round four or five mix when I think previously it was more like round six, seven. And then Chig Akawanko out of Maryland, only 6'2", 238, more of like a – Fullback, H-back type player, you know, move tight end. He ran a 4-5-2. So really impressive performance. We knew he was athletic. So this is one of those instances, don't double count it. I don't know if we knew 4-5-2, but we knew he was an athlete. We know he doesn't have the size to be a regular tight end. So they got to be an offense, a creative team that finds a way to utilize uh, Akonkwo at the next level. But impressive performance. Uh, from him for sure definitely going to send people back to the film and kind of see what role could he have at the next level and how he can be utilized but I think him and Jelani Woods were definitely the two biggest winners from the tight end group followed by Dulcich just because he did everything and kind of checked off what we expected to see and then at the quarterback position again the quarterback's really position is really hard to garner a lot but I will say Malik Willis, while he didn't run the 40 time, which was a little weird because I figured it would be a really strong time, his on-field workout and the arm talent really, really shine. And you knew it would in this setting, but I think 
the buzz is building. If you're if you were on Twitter, the buzz is building about Malik Willis that I don't know he's getting out of top ten, top fifteen, and I don't think he should. When you stop and think about it, he's the most athletic quarterback in the draft. He's got the best arm talent in the draft. He's got the highest ceiling in the draft. So you combine all those things together and all the teams that are quarterback needy in the NFL, and it would be stunning if he's not a top 10 or top 15 pick when we see so many quarterbacks get pushed up the board. So Malik Willis stood out the most. Carson Strong didn't run the 40, but he looked really good in terms of his arm talent in the on-field drills. Desmond Ritter. Really impressive athletic performance. Not surprised. I've been telling you all along that he reminds me a lot of Colin Kaepernick. He runs a 40-yard dash time of 4.5 and 4.49. He had outstanding vertical and broad jump. We know he's we know he's got the arm talent. It's really about ball placement and consistent accuracy. He's going to go on early day two and maybe even sneak into the back portion of round one. If, he, if there's four quarterbacks that go in round one, I think Ritter's going to be the fourth guy over Sam Howell. Uh, Sam Howell chose not to run the 40. Uh, De'Aaron King chose not to run the 40, which I thought was weird because he's probably looking at a position switch. Uh, obviously, Matt Corral's injured, not doing anything. Uh, Kenny Pickett's hand size, we got to talk about it, came in at eight and a half, so that's obviously not great. You, listen, Kenny Pickett is, I will continue to say, reminds me a lot of Derek Carr, a, a solid, good NFL starting quarterback. I just don't see the upside in the traits of a guy like Malik Willis, so that's why, for me, Kenny Pickett's not coming off of the QB three for me. It's it's Matt Corral and Malik Willis. They will settle in at one two. And the more and more I study these guys, and the more and more I think about it, I'm probably going to flip flop. As much as I like Corral, I just think Willis his upside is is what NFL teams are looking for. And so I think he's going to end up being QB one for me, and I think many NFL teams by the time this is all said and done. So it was a fun night. The wide receivers really stole the show with their impressive, impressive performances. Besides Malik Willis's arm, I don't think much stood out. The quarterbacks, the tight ends, I talked about the two guys who surprised and the disappointment of so many guys not running who I really wanted to see. But it was all about this wide receivers. There's going to be wide receivers taking, you know, mid to late round two, early to mid round three. And these are going to be guys that are almost have round one type talent. That's just how strong and deep this wide receiver class is. And then it's going to push other guys down, like Justin Ross, whether it's the injuries or whatever. He's going to get pushed maybe to the third round or fourth round, even though I think he's a round two talent. And, you know, not that long ago, people looked like him. He was going to be, a, you know, a top of round one type talent. And other really good players are going to get pushed down the board at the wide receiver position because of just how impressive of a class it is, you know, from Burks to Olave to Wilson to the Hunt Dotson to the Alabama guys. Really impressive performance. So there it is. Instant recap show from night one of the NFL Combine. Obviously, we'll do a much thorough recap show after we get all the testing information, but I just want to share my quick thoughts. Hopefully you were following along with me on Twitter. Love the engagement and the interaction. I'll be live tweeting my thoughts on just about every prospect that runs a 40-yard time, and even guys that don't run a 40-yard time, I'll be sharing my thoughts with them on Twitter. So hopefully you hit me up on Twitter, follow along all NFL Combine this weekend, and hopefully you enjoyed this instant recap show. Obviously, if you enjoy these uh, type of shows and you enjoy the content and you enjoy following me on Twitter, please get over to the website ssfootball.com. It's the quickest and easiest way to get there. 
Check out our premium content tab, and for $9.99, you get access to all our premium content. You get the scouting notebook, 100 profiles in there. You get the rankings notebook with all our rankings, all our tiers, so many more to come. And then in April, you get the draft projections notebook with my thoughts on over almost 400 players. And I'm projecting how I expect it to go based on everything I am hearing and reading and listening. So hopefully you enjoyed this, guys. We got three more nights left of the NFL Combine. Looking forward to it. We got off with a big performance tonight. I'm, I'm not sure the running backs in the offensive line can live up to the billing, uh, but I do think we'll see some free performances tomorrow by these big guys and, by, and maybe by a handful of running backs. But I'm excited to see the defensive guys on, on Saturday and Sunday. I expect we'll see some guys blazing 40 times from the DB group, and we'll see some freak athletes from the edge group and the linebacker group on Saturday as well. So, on behalf of Matt and Jeff, on behalf of our sound tech engineer, Dave Nakano, and myself, thank you for joining us. And I look forward to next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday. <laughs>